everyone, and welcome to another episode of Making It EV, your podcast about EVs. With you today, we've got Jolo, Bernsey, and myself, Nina. Hi, everyone. Hey. Hello. Hello. All right, so Aussies love a good road trip across this vast red land of ours, but would you do it in an EV? And that's exactly what you did, Jolo, isn't it? You did that recently. You hired a Tesla Model 3, is that right? I did. Packed some snacks and you and your wife went on a drive down the Great Ocean Road in Victoria. How did that go? Yeah, it was amazing. It was really great, great coastline of Australia. I had the in-laws with us as well, so it was four of us in a car. It was a great car to actually do a road trip in, plenty of space in the car. I was quite nervous though. That was the first time I've ever taken uh, an EV out for an extended period, like a little baby. Had to make sure it was fed. <laughs> a little Tamagotchi. A little Tamagotchi. <laughs> had to, should have given it a name. Uh, and so, yeah, it was, I was nervous. I was nervous going into it because of the unknown and learned a lot. Yeah. The, through the last, yeah, through the couple of days we had it. Amazing. And uh, you did a little bit of a, a voice diary while you were driving, capturing all the good, bad and ugly of the trip. I have. Yeah. I have. So I took an audio journal just going through my emotions. <laughs> um, the first couple of days were interesting. And so I captured that. And I also gave a verdict around whether I would go out and buy one. So you have to stick around to the end of the episode. Right. To, so to you really kind of like run it through its paces, really. Like it wasn't just a test drive. This was like, you know, a proper take it out. Let's really see what it's got here. Basically, day one, almost in tears. <laughs> day two, you have to listen. All right, cool. It. So we'll go, we'll go on the journey with you. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, uh, we'll listen to it now. G'day. I am down in Melbourne in Australia and we are going to go on a four-day road trip and I'm with my wife and my in-laws. We're going to drive from Melbourne down to this stretch of road called the Great Ocean Road. It's a very beautiful and scenic drive. It's quite windy, could be a bit of a challenge in terms of driving. Not really, it should be fine. But hiring a Tesla, so we're going to have a Tesla for the four days. And I am slightly nervous. I'm slightly bricking it because I've only sat in that Nissan Leaf and driven that Nissan Leaf from episode six, I think it was, or five. And yeah, to have a Tesla for a couple of days and make sure it's fed and survives uh, is a new responsibility for me. And I think the questions I really have around the charging aspect, like we're going to have to fill it up at some point across the four days. And Will the high car company give us a cable? Do I have to think about figuring out a charge point along the way? Uh, is it one of the Tesla superchargers? Do I need to get a couple of apps to sort me out? All those questions are running through my mind at the moment. So yeah, going to go pick it up in a sec. Uh, wish me luck. Pray for me. Hope we come back. Hope the Tesla comes back. But let's find out. Okay, so we are now sitting in the Tesla. Bit of drama to get to this point. Firstly, turned up, was told there was no Teslas available, which was great because <laughs> this whole podcast hinged around having a Tesla, but we've got through that. We have found a Tesla that has not a full charge. So a bit of trepidation, a bit of drama early on because we're taking a Tesla that has 396 kilometers of charge, but not a full charge. And so look, that's all that was available. So we're taking it. Uh, got the run through in that there's a supercharger at Geelong, which is, I think, about 150 k's into the trip, but not where we're staying. So there's no supercharger or fast charger capability or infrastructure down where we're staying in Lawn. So we were told to watch out. 
Uh, we do have a cable, I think, somewhere in the car. I haven't found that yet. If we need to plug in the Airbnb and get a bit of a trickle charge. So we've got that. And I think the other funny thing was we got to the car and we couldn't open the doors. Like We couldn't figure out how to uh, get into the car or open the boot. But uh, we had a bit of assistance and we got through that. So, yeah, it's a bit of a sophisticated system in the swipe card thing that wasn't actually working. So, look, we're in the car, we're ready to go. Uh, I'm staring at the steering I'm staring at the screen and report back soon. Okay, here's the situation. Turned up to a charge fox charging station there's four stations here there's two ultra fast chargers which are occupied they've got two other tesla's in there there's two other fast chargers so they're slower than the ultra one's broken the other one we've tried to plug into to see if we can charge to get our 65 percent battery up and we can't get it to work so uh, not really sure what the deal is. We're going to go have a play with it. Hopefully it can report back that something has gone right for us. All right, so we've just had another crack at it. And for some reason, it's now working. It's now charging. We've gone from 65 to 66%. I've got no idea what we did differently the second time around, but it's working. Uh, maybe I shut the car down. I don't know. But we have... 35 minutes remaining it's telling me for a full charge and remember we're not on the ultra either we're only on the fast so that was interesting uh, anyway cool we'll leave it go um come back soon i'm gonna go get lunch and then come back and uh, hopefully we have a full charge so just gone and had lunch and I was starting to feel like I could be one of those people that have left the car there and people are waiting for the charge point and I'm that bunyip that's got their car there that's already finished the charge. So I, I felt a bit anxious during lunch and I was like, hey guys, I'm going to go back because ChargeFox, the app was pretty good. Like it told us, okay, you've hit 100%. Interestingly, just to come back to that, if you hit 100% charge, charge is done going to cost you this much three dollars it cost us to charge uh which is you know, super cheap anyway i get back to the car there's another mg group of people with an mg that are waiting for me to bugger off and get out and i asked them you know how long you've been waiting for about half an hour it's like oh uh anyway got out get into the car get into the tesla it's only charged to 80 percent so wtf like i don't get it i thought it was going to charge to 100 and here I am thinking, wow, that was quick. Like it went up to 65 to 100 pretty quickly. Charge Fox told me it was done getting the car. It's only 80. So, oh, yeah, I don't, I'm just a bit disappointed. Just to spell out the equation here. So we decided to go to the Charge Fox station here about an hour, hour and 20 into our trip because beyond this point, there is no fast or ultra fast charges where we're going and it's another hour drive until we get to to where we need to be so we thought okay we'll, we'll use the charge fox charger here hopefully the intention was to fill up to 100 and get around on that for the next few days but now we're gonna have to roll the dice we're gonna have to live on the edge here a bit and go and keep driving and uh hopefully we can figure out some kind of trickle charge through the airbnb situation otherwise i'm not too sure what 
we're going to be doing. Um, yeah, we, it might be a little bit touch and go otherwise, but we'll see. Um, fun at times. Here's the scoreboard. I've made it to the Airbnb. We're sitting on 65% charge, which is about 250K, I think, in terms of range. Now, we've got here, we were banking on being able to plug the charger that they gave us in to a wall socket somewhere, and it's unfortunately not that simple. We're in an Airbnb that's got this massive driveway. We have been told by the instructions of the Airbnb, please don't drive down the driveway or park in the carport thing that they've got here. So fortunately, though, we ran the Airbnb peeps and said, look, here's the situation, hiring a Tesla for the first time. They hadn't had really any experience with people turning up with EVs, and I just sort of said, here's the sitch. Like, if we don't get a charge from here, we're, we're in a bit of trouble especially because we were intending to drive further away from charges tomorrow, like down further down the Great Ocean Road. I think it's really remarkable, just a side point, like to not have any infrastructure down here to what is a fairly like solid tourist destination and there's just there's just nothing. There's no no key infrastructure that speaks to um, public charging. So I find that quite remarkable. But anyway, look, the lovely people at Airbnb, they've given us this extension cord. So we're going to give it a go in terms of running it out of the house, sort of up the driveway and see if we can get an overnight charge happening. My wife showed me that where we want to go tomorrow, the 12 Apostles, is 150 kilometers away. So we're sitting on a charge, 62%, 260Ks. There's no way that we're going to get there and back without a charge. So we just got the extension cord out and we are one of those people that are running the cord through bushes, up the driveway, basically onto the street to charge the Tesla. So just hooked it in, 62% at the moment. To get a full charge is gonna take 11 hours and 20 minutes. Thankfully, we've got that time. It's about six o'clock here in uh, Lawn and we're just gonna leave it overnight. And I don't know, someone's gonna steal it. I hope not, I doubt it, but uh, it's out there on the street and uh, hopefully, we get there in the morning, we've got a full charge to head to the 12 Apostles. Yeah, it's been, it's been a day. It's been a day living on the edge. So I woke up this morning and it felt like Christmas morning and what had Santa brought for our stockings? Had we been good girls and boys and 
Santa left a fully charged Tesla in our stockings or had we been naughty and not get the charge and happy to say we are on Santa's good list because we have 100% charge and to be honest it's it's a relief because wasn't really sure how it was going to play out you had to leave it overnight did we get the charge that we needed today to do our 300k road trip to the 12 apostles and the answer is yes uh, the cable didn't get nicked that's good it's actually pretty secure and I think it's pretty hard to pull I don't think you can pull it out actually it didn't rain last night either and I'm not quite sure what we would have done had it rained because running cables exposed in wet areas are very dangerous so I don't think we could have charged had it rained but fortunate enough for us it's it's going to be um clear for the next few days but yeah i'm feeling feeling good because you know how you roll up sometimes to a new day and, and you've got all your, th your devices charged and you're like yeah i'm ready to rock and roll here and that's how i feel today so uh really looking forward to it off for our 300k road trip to the 12 apostles Just got back from our must have been four hour road trip down to the 12 apostles feeling good like i think getting a trip like that under the belt knowing that you can charge overnight came back rolled back in with 27 percent charge about 120k worth of range left and not feeling anxious in the slightest hooked it straight back into the, the trickle charge or the grandma charge i think christabel from one of our previous episodes called it and we're just going to leave it. We don't need the car tonight. It's going to take 21 hours to get back to a full charge. Um, so if we use it in the morning, we might be close to a full charge, but we're not planning on doing as big a drive tomorrow. So it's pretty sweet. And yeah, I, I, there's no range anxiety today as, a, as there was, I think, previous days. I think just getting that one big drive under the belt, knowing you can charge, it becomes a lot more comfortable. I wasn't even freaking out by knowing we're going to roll in with you know, 26-27% um, when we're finishing. So, yeah, good day. Day three of our road trip. Woke up, 86% battery. I'm not even phased. Don't even need 100%. It's fine. We don't need the car for that much today. We're going to go see some koalas, uh, spot some koalas, which will be nice. And yeah, my range anxiety is next to zero uh, now that we know that we can charge and not too phased. Gorgeous day down here as well. So going to uh, really enjoy driving that um, amazing machine around the windy roads of the Great Ocean Road. Well, end of day three, and I don't know if you can hear, but it started raining. So I was a little bit cocky this morning saying, we'll be sweet. And you know what? I still think we're going to be sweet because we went, did our driving today. It was a pretty good day most of the day. Came back, plugged it in straight away. We've had a couple of hours on the trickle charge, and it's up to 75%, which is 
318k of range. Now we have to get to Melbourne Airport tomorrow, which is 150k away. So I reckon we're pretty sweet. Um, we did take the extension cord in because I don't think it was a good idea in the rain. I was trying to Google it to see if it was safe, but I got common sense. I wouldn't be running some sort of electric wire regardless if it was an EV charger or what out in the rain at the moment. So just pulled that in and yeah, I think got our last trip tomorrow. Feeling pretty good about it, not really feeling anxious. Like once you know you got to charge and you can plug it in and it's all good. I mean, had it rained for the last few days, that might've been a different story, but it hasn't and we've been all right. So one day to go, uh, off to Melbourne tomorrow and done. Started day four, and so given I've been driving around in the Tesla for the last few days, I thought I would write a list of things that I like about it and a list of things that I don't like about it. And the list of things I do like about it's longer, but there are some things that kind of annoy me. So I'll start with the major thing I liked about it, and that is the acceleration, the speed, the power. People talk about it, but once you drive it, it's like nothing you would have ever experienced. I thought that Nissan Leaf was pretty bloody good when you put your foot down. This is on a totally different level. And I didn't really open it up as much as I could have. Obviously, I'm on roads and there's speed limits. I'd love to get on some kind of open space racetrack type scenario and just really go for it because, yeah, you can absolutely burn cars. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. And you just you don't need much in terms of uh, acceleration, and it just goes. And so yeah, that was definitely the number one factor of, of what I what I enjoyed um, the most. A couple of other aspects, I really thought the navigation was was fantastic. The maps were really solid. There was a massive skylight front and back that was awesome, bringing a lot of natural light into the car. It was quite simple. There weren't many knobs. It was just the screen and the two. I think you call them drive stalks on either side of the wheel, not nothing else. Uh, and it's quite a big car. And, and the, I suppose the key benefit to that is in the back seats, like I turned around a few times, it felt like it was business class in the back. It was so spacious, so much leg room. Same up the front, really. It just felt like a really spacious car. Couple of little things. I loved how it would tell you how much charge you would have when you arrive at your destination. So looking into the future, it just relieves some of that anxiety of like, am I going to have enough charge or what am I going to have when I get to my destination? And just that that number, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a real uh, confidence booster, I suppose, as, as you're driving it. I loved that when you indicate and you change lanes, it cancels the indicator for you. I know that's really simple, but I loved it. And I really liked when you're at a red light, it picks up you're at a red light. When the light goes green, it gives you this really subtle ding Look, I know sometimes I daydream a bit and just to get that little ding uh, when it goes green because it's picked it up, it was, yeah, nice little feature, that one. There's a few things I don't like about the Tesla though and I had this as a positive and a negative. The size of the car, it is a big car. It's pretty wide and, and that makes parking and sort of getting around a bit trickier. It's you, You're a lot more conscious of when you're trying to get into tight spaces and... Yeah, that, I didn't love that. I didn't like the wideness of the car. This drive stalk is very different uh, to what I'm used to anyway. 
and I had this situation where I was rolling out of the high car place. I thought I was putting my indicator on and I actually whacked it into reverse. And so I was going backwards before I even knew it. Really freaked me out, to be honest, because you know, luckily there was nothing behind at the time. But yeah, that, that was a quite a steep learning curve, that one. And I, like, I kept doing it when I was driving and it was, you know, luckily it didn't put it, change the gears when I was going 100Ks. But I think in any other type of normal car, you'd probably be just, if you got that wrong, because you're not used to where the blinkers are and the windscreen wipers are, you, you know, the windscreen wipers tend to turn on, but for the car to go in reverse when you sort of get it wrong when you're at low speed, uh, that wasn't that wasn't great. Not having the speedometer right in front of you, like where you see how fast you're going is on the screen and it's just to the left. I didn't rate that. I, I thought that was a little bit unsafe. I kind of like the fact that you can peer down on most um, other cars and see how fast you're going there and then um, and so having to just glance over to the left it wasn't yeah it didn't really rate it and it took me a while to figure out some of the how to work the user interface it was, it was a little bit trickier I wouldn't say it was totally intuitive it took us a long time to figure out how to open up the front trunk um, for instance which was which was kind of annoying and I was, pre- I was a bit annoyed and I don't know if this is because it was a higher car but I could not figure out how to turn on autonomous driving and that sort of pissed me off a bit so yeah I would have loved to have used that feature but maybe they turned it off because it was a high car I don't know but it was I found getting around the features and the and the controls yeah it was wasn't totally intuitive just one more thing that I thought was interesting and I actually didn't like it at the start and then when I was on some of the windy roads it made a lot of sense to me as how amazing it was and that was the regenerative braking aspect and thank crikey I can now say that word regenerative Mostly, you can mostly say it. So this is when you put your accelerator down and when you take the accelerator off, it actually puts the car into a brake mode. So it's slowing down. It's quite different to, to normal driving. And it was annoying on the freeways before I figured out how to use cru- cruise control because I was having my foot down a lot and it was kind of tiring. And But when I was on the windy roads around uh, the Great Ocean Road, you're you're going pretty quick and not having to use your brake pedal when you're driving through those because you're sort of speeding up and slowing down a lot. That was a pretty awesome experience. That's sort of like that one pedal driving type um, thing that they talk about. And yeah, I, I could see why people would really like that in that kind of windy road situation. I really enjoyed um, driving it in that windy road, just using accelerator and taking my foot off the accelerator to slow down and it would slow the car down as I was coming into a turn. So that was pretty cool. I I, I actually really enjoyed that bit. The verdict. So after four days driving around in a Tesla, do I want to buy a Tesla? And the answer is no. I actually don't want to buy a Tesla. <laughs> uh, that might be surprising because it was such an incredible experience driving the car, and again, never had that kind of power underfoot. It was just the zoom on it is incredible. But for us, for our circumstances, we have a pretty tight garage equation, and the width of that car is just it won't compute for us. And I'd just be forever paranoid thinking I've going to scratch it or something 
getting around in it. So for us, we're, we're also looking for an SUV, like the Model Y we had a look at, which is a bigger SUV type thing, but it's, it's just massive. It's such a big, chunky car. So don't think it's going to work for us. Uh, not to downplay how amazing it was. And I think for, you know, if you've got the driveway for it and it ticks your boxes, then yeah, I thoroughly recommend. And I, again, I don't really even think we fully got ripped it open to its full capability so awesome couple of days really enjoyed it it was great getting behind the wheel of it would i buy one no i wouldn't and that is jolo over and out well sounds like it was quite a journey jolo now i know you gave the verdict there but how many stars for the road trip as a whole? How would you rate that? Oh, out of, what are we out of? I don't know, like five? Five. Look, I'd say four and a half. We had really good weather. Obviously, that first day taking out an EV for the first time when it's not fully charged, like that was quite daunting. But yeah, once we got used to it, it was it was fine. And, and the coastline was awesome too. So as I said, I, I wouldn't go out and buy one. It's just not for us. It's quite an expensive vehicle as well. But if you do have the opportunity to drive one, please do. Go and, right. go and do it. So it was almost like a tick of approval from a road trip perspective, but also all the drawbacks were really like how it would fit your lifestyle, given exactly. given your context now. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I was thinking a lot about it because obviously on the cusp of buying our own, mm. would this would this be the car that we would go out and buy? And the answer is no. You know, Obviously, a lot of Australians third most popular vehicle now in terms of sales. There's a lot of Aussies going out there and do it. I mean, the suggestion I would have if people are interested in Tesla is go and look at the secondhand market because we had a bit of a look when we were there. And there's plenty out there and you're not having to wait six months, nine months, 12 months for that new vehicle. So go and, go and sort one out. And they're pretty, and it's not crazy prices either, like 50, 60K for a secondhand one now. So have a look. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we want to hear from you. What are your thoughts? Have you done a road trip in an EV? How was it? Or would you do one? Uh, send us an email, hello at makingitv.com. And, of course, this podcast is recorded at Forbes Street Studios on Gadigal Land. Thanks to the team, especially Anthony, who's our recording king and keeps us in check. Um, you can find out more on our website, makingitev.com, and also follow us on Instagram, making underscore it underscore EV. Thanks, everyone, and happy driving. <laughs>